1: stop is Kalahari Resorts. Ho, ho, ho. Bring the family Sunday, December 10th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. for the first holiday breakfast with Santa. Oh, I like breakfast. With a build-your-own omelet station, glazed ham, fresh-cut fruit, Belgian waffle stations, and more. And after you eat, there'll be a letter-writing station along with a very special visit from me, Santa, plus live music. Ho, ho, ho. It's the Kalahari Breakfast with Santa. Me! Sunday, December 10th. Get tickets and reserve your time now at kalahariresorts.com. Ho, 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 ho. Now here's Rita Ballou live from inside your plumbing.
2: Even if your drain doesn't show any leaks or have any eye-watering
1: smells coming from it, it doesn't mean your septic system still may not be working well. Pumping your septic tank can help improve the efficiency of your system, but you're going to need an expert. And that's why Hambone Plumbing is proud to announce Hambone Septic Pumping. The same great company now offering even more services. How do you get your septic system at proper working levels, Rita? Call Hambone, 512-388-7030, hamboneplumbing.com. License number's M12470 at TCEQ. This hour brought to you by BrainVault. BrainVault is a patented technology based on proven science that helps protect athletes to reduce the risk of concussions. Visit BrainVault.com to learn more. Join the movement.
0: You're listening to KTAEAM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock. We are the horn, the horn guests on the horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit vaqueroscafe.com. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'Em Up! 101.9 AM 1260. The Horn
2: Oh, man, a lot of uh, hot stories out there right now, including the transfer portal. Coaching carousel continues a little bit around college football. Jeff Choate taking the Nevada job. Willie Fritz, the new coach at Houston now, U of H. Uh, gets to to settle down a little bit in the state of Texas. Jeff Traylor, right. going to stick and stay?
3: Yeah, I'm a little surprised by that. Me
2: too, me too. I think
3: we all thought, you know,
2: Jeff Traylor was. Turns out that $7 million buyout might have been the impediment. To. That's a smart
3: move by their administration. Name. Yeah, if they it was. thought he's going to be, be a hot name and a uh, fast rising, um, then give him a big buyout. That'll make him less attractive. He'll be forced to stay there and build. I do want to see Jeff Trailer. At UTSA without Frank Harris, though I, I do want—I think he's—I think he's a hell of a coach. So I think he'll be fine. But I haven't seen him as yeah. a college coach without Frank Harris. I think
2: he will. But and you're it's, right. It's
3: easy. It, it's, easy. it's much easier. We've been talking about quarterback all day. We're talking about the NFL. Who? Trevor Lawrence is going to be the. He's he's getting hurt. So the Jaguars, I think, are going to be the 15th team to play a backup quarterback this season. We just talked about Florida State because they had a third-string quarterback in there. They missed the College Football Playoff because people understand how important the quarterback. Position is uh so yeah i mean there's no doubt it's been a huge advantage for him to have a veteran quarterback and what was frank carris like six seventh year yeah six seven year guy something like that yeah. now kevin a freshman come in even if he is of the skill level will he be of the leadership caliber
2: that's right because those, those guys, guys are, are very important and i oh, you know, can say similar about Kalen debord at um, at washington uh, totally agree with michael Penix. i mean yep. he kind of rode him to, to the job in indiana And then they're from Indiana to Washington and then brought him over there. And he's been great for the last couple of years uh, with the Huskies program. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, But it's going to be big. And now the portal is open. And I mentioned, speaking of the quarterbacks, Rod, I mean, the numbers are in there. You know, Kyle McCord, the quarterback from Ohio State, is the biggest name. But, uh, man, it's uh, Cam Ward from uh, Washington State. Dante Moore, who was a five-star kid from Detroit. He's now at UCLA but is into the portal. Oregon State's Dewey, uh, D.J. Uyunglele, who Uyunglele. he went from Clemson to Oregon State. Now he wants out of there because they're not going to be in the, in the Pac-12 anymore or whatever that situation is. K-State's Will Howard sees that Avery Johnson's coming to take his job. Mm-hmm. He's going to go somewhere else. So, yeah, there's a lot of uh, name, name starting court. Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma, Riley Leonard at Duke, and Kyle McCord, the names just so far. Just so far.
3: And except we're still in a different breed of quarterback now just entering the transfer portal. You know, at one point, it was shocking that 65% of blue chip quarterbacks entered the transfer portal at one point. Now, that's not surprising. Now, you can close. If you're a blue chip quarterback, there's a 60% chance you're going to end up in the portal at one point, four or five star quarterbacks. And now we're starting to see uh, quarterbacks who not only have earned starting jobs at blue blood programs, but have been successful. Starting quarterbacks at blue blood programs who decided to leave. Will Howard, the kid at Ohio State, that is that that's new in the transfer portal. We hadn't seen because that was the that was the ultimate goal of those quarterbacks in the transfer portal was to get to a blue blood institution that can compete for championships and you can be successful there, and win double digit games. Now you see those guys say, "Yeah, I'm transferring too." Like I, that is mind blowing. I don't understand. Well, it
2: really what you so and the things we don't know on those. I mean, I think each one has an, an answer. But like, just like Steve Sarkeesian this week will be having exit interviews with his team, right? Yeah. Uh, Sark will sit with every player. You know, we, we don't know what Ryan Day told Kyle McCord. We
3: had no idea.
2: He might have told him, hey, man, uh, good year, but I'm, I'm just know I'm looking up great. <laughs> we don't know what uh, Brett Venable said to Dylan Gabriel. Uh, you know, I mean, Jackson Arnold, the five-star kid, that's the future of the program. So, you know, Dylan, and if a coach is being honest with a the player, then mm-hmm. that player might be better elsewhere. Riley Leonard is leaving Duke because Mike Elko left for A&M. And he's uncertain who they're going to hire. So, you know what? You know, Sam Hartman did this deal with Wake Forest over there. Maybe I can go to Notre Dame and play for Marcus Freeman and yep. throw to Jordan, you know, yep. Uh, yep. Jaden Greathouse. And it works. It works. So, yeah, I mean, uh, interesting to see how these play out. And uh, we'll follow the, the impactful ones, and there will be plenty of them. I haven't heard any Longhorns outside of the two defensive backs, Xavier Bryce and Jalen Catalan. So far, we did tell you that uh, some reports out there that the Longhorns are after Purdue wide receiver Dion Burks. Deion Burke. Yeah, we'll get into it. that in
3: Raj right round the day because I want to talk uh, transfer portal. But getting back to the quarterbacks though, and one thing that also is kind of up the ante here in the the success stories of the transfer quarterback have now become so frequent that you cannot blame a head coach who goes to a new program to rebuild things and deciding I got to find that quarterback first. And we've seen. You know, look at what Lincoln Riley did, bringing Caleb Williams with him. Deion Sanders bringing his son, George Sanders with him. You just talked about Caleb DeBoer. He's 103 and 11. But part of the reason is because he brought Penix with him. He knew he was like, nah, I need a QB. Hey, dude, you my, guy. And, you're and my you know, guy. You
2: know my system. You know my and, system. And, and, and that, that's got multiple layers to it, too, because if you have a quarterback who knows the system, he can help teach the rest of the team the system. You know, Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma mm-hmm. when Jeff Levy was hired to run the offense. Exactly I mean, right. uh, that helps permeate the entire offense, and everyone understands it a little bit better. Um, so we'll keep an eye. Also, you mentioned Trevor Lawrence from the NFL level. That's the latest. We'll keep an eye on that today with uh, his ankle. Didn't look good no. to me. Now, it doesn't look broken. They, don't, they think x-rays are negative. but uh, He's that's, missing time. Yeah, because not only did he get stepped on by his left tackle, his left tackle got shoved back into him while he was planting his oh. right foot, uh, stepped right on it and bent it sideways. Mm. From the inside, and then as he fell to the ground, he got rolled back up on. Like I don't know how that because he was almost he got a, he kind of went two ways. It was not good, not and good his left tackle Walt, Walker Little got got dominated on that play. So we'll keep an eye there. That's another one. So if you're a you know in the fan in the in the AFC, you know, Jacksonville scheduled the next three weeks: Cleveland, Baltimore. They got some tough games coming, and uh, you know the Texans and the Colts are only a game back of Jacksonville now. That win for for uh, Cincinnati last night was big for the. AFC South uh, contenders because that uh, brings them to within a game of uh, the Texans and the Colts. So, well, and now you got your quarterback injured. So we'll keep an eye on that because the easiest way into the playoffs is to win your division at this point.
3: Oh, and especially for Jacksonville right now, they just, nobody expected the Texans to be doing what they're doing. They thought they'd have this Division one, probably by now. Yeah, look <laughs> at the Colts, thought, too. I mean,
2: Shane yeah. Stark is doing a hell of a job with his team. Yeah. As we talked about yesterday, they won their game against the mm-hmm. Titans on Sunday thanks to their special teams mostly. Oh. And the Titans did fire their special teams coach oh, yesterday. He's that's been, crazy. He's been endeavored. Yeah. Good luck with your future endeavors, young man.
3: In the NFL, you cannot have back-to-back punch blocked. That's it. It, it. For whatever reason, it, the first one getting blocked, there it, should have been a meeting on the sideline to sure up all issues and to make sure that you guys were buttoned up. That did not happen. That's on the coach. And then he got blocked again. And then that's the reason you lost the game pretty much?
2: Yeah. yeah. You're done, son. And then it was the yeah, we yeah. mentioned the kicker, which you can't coach the kicker. He missed an extra mm. point, which you end up losing the game in overtime. And that was a costly loss for Houston because Houston would be sole possession of second place in the South right behind Yes. The uh, now Jacksonville Jags, who Houston had their head to head shot with them last weekend and, and couldn't get it done. I mentioned this, though, and then we'll get into Rod's Ransom transfer portal talk here. We've got a lot to do. Some Who said that for the end of this hour? That? Here it is from Ross Dellinger, one of our favorites. Got we'll to get Ross on the show here soon, here between the bye week with the Longhorns uh, in this month because he's really good. Uh, he's from now at Yahoo Sports. NCAA President Charles Baker. When was the last time we heard his name? Yeah, NCAA President Charles Baker proposing the creation of an FBS subdivision that permits schools to directly compensate athletes through a trust fund and NIL, according okay. to Yahoo Sports. Hmm. It's perhaps the most revolutionary concept the, the introduced in the NCAA history. Can I only say this because Rod, I'm be 51 tomorrow, and. Uh, I've, I've talked about this. Back in the mid-90s at, at St. Edward's, I had to write a capstone paper. About, and I wrote it about should college athletes be compensated, paid. That was my entire class story, <laughs> like the, the long paper you got to write at the end to get out, right? That's crazy. And in it, one of the things I proposed after all of my, my research and talking to people and the experts was, why don't you set up some type of trust fund or lockbox mm-hmm. to put the money into so that when they leave college, they can then have that money? Yep. Makes sense. And I'm not, but you know, like think. And like this was 30 years ago. Now, I mean, it's like y'all. So you're now, according to yeah. Ross Delger, you're just getting to this. Just, hey, you, just you, you now. Wrote a,
3: you wrote a paper about it like 30 years ago, and they're just starting to broach the subject.
2: <laughs> Trust fund slash lockbox to where while you're playing and creating revenue for the school, we're putting some money aside for you so that when you leave school, you might have 40000 dollars in a fund yeah. that then is and, yours. And you
3: know what you do? You link it to graduation. Oh, that's Tell them in they, my say, paper. <laughs> hey. Exactly. Say, hey, but you got to graduate, gotta though. You got to walk, that though.
2: Was, that, was a, that was a specific point. There you go. Uh, you tie it into the, the academic side yeah. of it because you, if you are being honest with yourselves and you really want these kids to graduate. And Incentivize them. Because uh, I know it's all changed now, but even back then it was like if you're paying them with education, they better damn well get a degree. Yep. If that's your currency for them, um, you know, Oh, this scholarship, which, you know, I was paying for college at the time. I understood just how expensive mm-hmm. college was. But I wasn't generating millions of dollars for St. Edward's University like the kids at UT were in schools all over the country. This was 30 years ago. And obviously, we know it's compounded a you hundredfold know, to where it was then to where it is now. But even little old me is going to create a lockbox, create a trust fund, save mm-hmm. some money for these guys, let them make some money. Then they graduate, they walk away, they're not going to play in the NFL. Oh, they got 50 grand. That's yep. nice. Cool. Awesome. Uh, and it's money really- they generated. Makes sense to me. It makes
3: it. You heard uh, Jim Harbaugh. What did Jim Harbaugh say when they interviewed him? He's like, hey, make sure we get the player's a piece share of the revenue. <laughs> he, he, even though he knows that he's not going to be one of the decision makers, helps him recruit. He can always just say, hey, man, I'm about giving the players their share and their piece of this uh, sports in, these multi-billion dollar arm of the sports industrial complex. And I would take it even further because I think your, your, your paper – did you get an A?
2: Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, good. Yeah, I was
3: going to say, you should have. You, <laughs> got you, out. Got you out. to get an A, damn it. That was, it was well thought out and obviously a visionary at the time. Uh, but I'll say this. I think it um, it should uh, – if they had a digital with the transfer portal too, link it to, to academics, it should have always been if you have a certain GPA, you can transfer. Yeah. Whenever and wherever you want to. Like the rules are now, why it's just so loose and the guys are just transferring, it feels like free agency. They should have that. For only guys who have a certain GPA.
2: Yeah, and you'd you're, have made
3: it two point eight. You'd have made it whatever you want to do, two point eight five, I don't know, three whatever you want to make
2: it. Yeah, if it's a, as long as you're handling your business in school, you then can, you're still a student athlete.
3: Then you can go you can transfer how you want to. Man, I'll tell you right now, seventy percent of transfers would not be able to happen. You know the highest it's
0: well said.
3: uh you know the 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 highest academic GPA, collective GPA for Texas football all time? 2.8, in the history of the program, it's guys. Terrible, highest. Exactly. they're telling you if the NCAA is so stupid, they could have done this years ago I and mean, be like, guys, if you got a 2.85, transfer where you want to, and half of the college football world wouldn't be able to leave anyway.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then
3: they'd have to prioritize academics.
2: You'd put a wall around it without even. You wouldn't even knowing And it.
3: you know who would support you? Every parent around the country. And well, every it makes coach. sense to me. And every coach. Yeah. NCAA is so
2: stupid. Right again, and I'm like, <laughs> look, a little old me, and awesome I was writing this, and this, yeah. this is my what I came up with because I interviewed because you know you had to interview you know people. Yeah, sites and sources. And I stuff. interviewed Dan yeah. Neal. Dan Neal was playing football in Texas at the time. Dan that's Neal pretty was good, one of my guy. Well, because we were friends from middle still, school, Still, though. That's a good source. Well, of course, and then he introduced me to a couple people, and I was able to talk to him. I mean, it was it was I had access to some people. You still have the paper? It's somewhere.
3: Dude, you should go find it. Yeah, uh, but so
2: for Ross Dellinger on on the morning of December fifth, twenty twenty three, to say it's perhaps the most revolutionary concept introduced in the NCAA's <laughs> history, he's like, "What? <laughs> hey, I wrote a paper, back. you go find that paper, dude." He just tells you how far behind they are. Like, come on, this is this. Why aren't you thinking about this? That's so antiquated. I mean, come on, really? Like, wh- wh- you're wh- just now coming to this.
3: What do, What are the decision makers at the NCAA doing? I don't know. Like, right? <laughs>
2: it's like Charles <laughs> Baker. I mean, he's, a new,
3: he's new. He's new. So he's actually not part of the problem. <laughs> More important is, like, I'm, I'm with you. The 20, 30 years in between you write that paper and the disaster that the NCAA has become, borderline criminal syndicate, basically, they become. Yeah. There's nobody that nobody was ever thinking about being a visionary and what the future was for the NCAA. Because all they were thinking about was maintain the status quo. we got to keep amateurism. Yes. we got to keep amateurism cash. rolling. Yeah, we got to keep this cash cow going because if they, if they ever figure out how much power they, and influence they actually do have, we're in trouble. And instead of being progressive and modernizing the blueprint so that they could, like you said, change with the times, they decided they'd rather get destroyed by the, the new version of amateurism about modern. It's crazy. About NI, basically, NIL is going to kill the NCAA. It's on its way to doing it
2: right now. For sure. Uh- it's going to kill it. For sure, yeah. That's the and, start of it. Uh, and now they're just finally coming with the most revolutionary concept that's twenty five, thirty years old, and we've all <laughs> talked about that. Well, okay, you want to you want to keep amateurs? I'm fine. Okay, well then create a lockbox or a pension, mm-hmm. kind of a pension fund. Yeah, um, that's legal. Then yeah, you They're not employees. They're not athletes, and you're not, they're not they're not employees of the university. But they do leave with some money that they helped earn. It's pretty simple. Um, but now it's a revolutionary concept. Thirty <laughs> years later, it's like, come on, y'all, uh, you guys. It's so so far past you. This is so far behind. Um, yes, it's, they should it's a of themselves hundred really percent. And your point about the grade point average, these are all, these are all logical S- things, but they ideas. were so, and, 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 what, you know, for people that don't know the history of it, what took it to the, to where it, it collapsed was the, the Supreme court ruling nine zero that their model was a sham yep. and not okay. <laughs> like it would violate every antitrust rule and law that we have in the, in our country. Basically so yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. And so, Oh, Sorry.
3: The highest court in the land is not a fan of yours. (laughs)
2: That's what they
3: found out. They're like, so the highest court in the land doesn't like us, so all they got to do is get to the Supreme Court, and then the other courts will start, you know, using that example. We have no
2: leg to stand on, and precedent-wise now we're done. Uh, So there we go. So appreciate Charles Baker being Revolutionary. It's
3: good stuff there. I like
2: it. Hey, let's go behind the, uh, that just came down, by the way, to a couple of minutes ago from Ross Dellinger at Yahoo Sports. Can we get to Rod's, uh, to rant the of, of the 9 o'clock hour? Yes, sir. Rod's
1: rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is.
0: I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not
1: going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it out oh my God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What oh, you've
0: done it now. It's time for Rod's oh. rant of the day. Hold on to your butt.
3: All right. Let's talk about the transfer portal. Uh, first, let's talk about the players um, who Texas already has identified. A few, a couple of players they've identified at a certain position in the transfer portal, even though it's been open for what uh, less than 48 hours. Uh, that they uh, may be already offering or in the process of offering. Um, he brought it up earlier. I talked to my man Jerry Hamilton, inside Texas, and nobody knows recruiting better than my man Jerry Hamilton. Talked to him about this yesterday. Uh, Dion Burks. He told me to be on the lookout for him, and actually told me. to Go watch some film on Dion Burks. Glad he did because now it's been reported that the Longhorns have offered. Uh, Deion Burks, who is a Purdue-wide receiver who entered the transfer portal. 47 receptions, last lasted 629 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, I, I really like his film. He's 5'11", 195. He's a yak daddy, though. Yards after the catch. Uh, that's what uh, Sark likes, right? Sark has already he calls a run-to-daylight philosophy for his receivers. He wants to get them the football in stride on the run. Uh, he's one of those guys that can make plays happen once the ball is in his hands. For a small-ish receiver, he has a surprisingly, surprisingly uh, wide catch radius. I mean, the guy really does. You see him diving, and uh, you see him jumping out for jumping for a lot of footballs. Got explosive vertical. Gets in and out of his routes uh, in a very explosive manner. Precision route runner. Don't see a lot of wasted movement. Not a lot of wasted footwork. Uh, he'll be great as one of those guys that does uh, what what I, what I call targets to motion. He heard me? Go off on targets in motion yesterday about uh, how Sark loves to target players in the passing game who were either in motion prior to the snap or at the time of the snap. Even on his highlights, you can see that there are a few plays where Purdue targets him while he's in motion. He's one of those guys that would fit uh, really well, they're very compatible in Sark's offense, and he's a Sark type of receiver, right? Sark likes small-ish, slight-ish receivers, but as long as they're speed demons and they can burn, he really doesn't care about your size. Uh, and you gotta have, uh, I would say, you gotta have good a physical mentality at wide receiver. Um, he loves receivers that can play through contact, even though Xavier Worthy is small and slight-ish. He's not afraid of contact. I think we all know that, right? He saw even against Oklahoma State, he tried to, you know, bowl over a dude, tried to run over a dude uh, in, on the goal line and get the touchdown. He's not afraid of contact, and neither is Deion Burke. So, I like him. I think he's a good player. I think he fits Sark's scheme. They gonna need receiver help, especially once they lose X Man, Ad Mitchell, uh, and Jay Witt. All three, right? And I include JT Sanders in that too. I know he's a tight end, but I include him with the receivers. You're gonna lose your top four receivers uh, next season, and Deion Burst can be one of those guys that comes in and. Really can supplement a lot of the production they're gonna lose. So there you go, Deion Burks. He had some tragedy in his life. Too. I think his mom passed away when he was really young, like 13 or something. Um, so he's overcome some adversity in his life. Uh, I think for Sark's culture, um, he talks about that often. Um, help and like liking to see the loving to see the character. Mm-hmm. And young people early on uh, facing adversity, overcoming adversity. He's a guy right, who is champion overcoming adversity in his life, uh, battling some of those demons. So I think actually some sidebar off the field stuff, he actually admires uh, athletes like that who, uh, who are inspired by that kind of tragedy um, and then use it to, you know, use it in a very constructive fashion. Seems so like
2: Dan Burke's one of those guys too. And then uh, you mentioned the South Carolina kid, Juice. Yes. Juice Williams, is that Juice right? Juice Wells. Wells. Um,
3: um, okay, how about this? Okay, Juice Wells is six one two zero eight. 208. Uh, Diamante Tucker Dorsey, he played with Juice Wells at James Madison, um, and they were teammates there before he went to South Carolina. And apparently uh, he is very complimentary of, uh, of, Ju- of Juice Wells and said he's the best player he's ever played with. Um, and my man Jerry Hamilton uh, uh, threw a little nugget out there. He's played with Bijan, guys. DM You know what I mean? So if he say that Juice Wells is the best player play ever like, played, we like, then you play that Texas. So all the players you play with, Texas, Xavier worthy? Uh, JT Sanders, you know, B.J. Robinson, you're saying Juice Wells, best player you'll play with? Now, it may just be because they're close, but still, even if he's in that conversation, that means he's a damn good player. I watched Juice Wells. He had an injury this year, so um, he didn't get to play as much this year. But last season, um, he, he was just an absolute beast when it comes to contested catches. I think he's one of the best contested catch receivers uh, in the country. Love that. He got really strong hands. You can almost see him pulling down contested catches, and he, he, you can see him keep the ball right out in front of him, and DB's trying to rip the ball away from him or rip his hands away from the football, and they cannot. He has really, really strong hands, and I think contested catches is probably his X-man ability. He has this unique ability to use his body to box out defenders when he knows it's going to be a 50-50 ball, and I think he's great at it. He's strong enough to run through arm tackles, so if you're a DB, catches a curl route or a hitch route underneath you, or a slant, and you come in with just that shoulder, that shoulder or try to come in and you know, swipe at his legs with an arm tackle, he's going to make you look silly. And make you look bad. He does it over and over again to a lot of defenders in the SEC. Uh, 50-50 balls for him. Might as well be 70, 30 balls. Uh, he's tough to bring down, as I said, in the open field. He goes up and attacks the football. I love that about his game, too. That's why he's great at contested catches. He attacks the football uh, in a ferocious manner. He's also great in the scramble drill. When things break down, he's good in the scramble drill, which makes sense. Contested catch a scramble drill, is not always going to be accurate or perfect. You just got to give your guy a shot. He's great. Got a great feel in the scramble drill about where he needs to be. More of a possession receiver on the outside. Dan is more of a slot guy. You'd probably move around. He's more of a possession guy. Guy on the outside, that can make plays, but these days, you uh, Sark likes to move around all of his receivers. I think Sark, I think Sark could use both these guys. Um, I think Juice Wells will probably come in in that A.D. Mitchell role right now. Um, but in the red zone, I think he could be a real asset for you, how physical he is in the red zone. So what are you talking about, run after catch? I said that Dion Burks is a yak guy, yak daddy, yards after catch. Well, Juice Wells is a yak daddy too, except his yards after contact. <laughs> he's just trying to get, get contact, initiate contact, and then he can – that's when really uh, some of his best asset, uh, his best traits as a player come out because with the ball in his hands, he's just a physical runner. I don't know if he's as elusive as Deion Burks but he's physical at the point of attack.
2: Or you know Debo Samuel went to school he, South Carolina. Yeah, I'm not
3: going to throw that out there on him, but when he gets the ball, you'll watch him, man. He's
2: physical. Because of like, a running back.
3: Yes, he's not, he's not afraid of contact at all. So I like that about his game. So those are the two receivers Texas looking at in transfer portal. And that's probably the top, the top priority position for them in the transfer portal because they're going to lose their top four receivers and all of their top three receivers. And remember, Sark likes a really tight Rotational receivers. He's not a guy that think, has a very loose rotational receivers.
2: And I think you can project uh, you know, Jontae Cook and um, and and Deion Moore, DeAndre Moore, early right from this term. Yes, Jontae Cook
3: gonna be in that group, and then you John got Ray Moore, you got and then Ryan Wingo's been added to the mix yeah. now. The big So you got some guys from the high school level, but they want I think insurance policies. To, just in case those guys aren't developing at the yeah, rate Quinn, that they are Quinn's got to have
2: players to throw, to, right? Right now.
3: And I think Quinn is following Juice Wells already. He's following Deion Burke. So, hey, go watch, go watch Twins' social media. He might well, tell you he's looking at You can, you can at claim,
2: that. hey, did you see what uh, A.D. Mitchell did? He uh, mm-hmm. you know, was in a run-based offense at Georgia with a lot of tight ends, and now he's going to be a first-round draft pick, maybe you know, first 50-pick draft pick. And I know you talked to me about, while we're doing the in-game watch-along, the route running ability of AD Mitchell. I mean, that nah, dude. It's just superb,
3: isn't it? It really is. I mean, he's just, it's just not a lot of wasted movement, and he just understands uh, leverage and he understands how to get a defensive back, whether they're playing off or whether they're, they're up on them, get them to turn their hips um, and get them to get them turn their hips the wrong way. So basically, as your wide receiver, half your job is getting the DB to turn his hips the wrong way. All right, if you're going to, if you're breaking an inside cut, to get them hips to go out, yeah. get them hips to turn up field. So then, once once them hips turn, boom! I, I'm already open.
2: That's your separation. That's your
3: separation. So a lot of times you're just getting him to turn his hips the wrong way. As a DB, I'm the opposite. I got to get my, I got to keep my hips, all right, facing that wide receiver, so that my hips are always in a in a situation where I can open my hips the right way or I can flip them the right way. And if I'm if I'm in the wrong position, and that's why you always tell people people talk about sweet hips. You really need them as a DB because. A, at half the time they're going to be facing the wrong way <laughs> and you have to flip them or yeah, open them really quickly to be able to make up that ground
2: yeah AD's really good, and, is and good NFL's going to love him at the Combine <laughs> and yeah. uh, beyond A X man of course with the speed uh, that's what you're looking to replace with Trans- a lot of production and JT Sanders you could see them looking uh, yeah. at tight ends in the portal yeah, I too. definitely
3: could see that too uh, Division 1 football players that entered the portal yesterday 1,080 was the oh. final number uh, that did set a record uh, an FBS scholarship players that entered the portal uh, yesterday if you go look just the scholarship players. So just because there are walk-ons in there, too, so it's all considered uh, they're a 5-30. So both set a record, though, uh, number of scholarship players in the portal and number of overall college football players in the portal um, for yesterday. All
2: right, we'll come back. When we do, we'll uh, keep up these conversations, pick them going, including the Longhorns and their plan roadmap to the Washington game on January 1st. Uh, also, uh, who said that for the end of the hour? And, of course, you know what's coming beyond that. The fabulous fifth hour coming your way. took them Up with Ian Rodby.
0: Aaron Hogan, Rod Papers, hook him up. 1019 AM1260, the horn.
2: Oh so nice. It says watching Burke's highlights now. Wow. Yeah. Speed. Yeah, quickness. No. Yeah, you're like
3: him. yeah. Yeah, you'll like him. He's
2: uh he's he's
3: explosive, and I like it. I like that he's actually on deep balls. It's actually for a smallish guy, he's pretty proficient on the deep ball, too. So I I definitely see why Sark likes him. So I, I think he'll end up at Texas. P.N. Burks, uh, Juice Wells, though they could
2: use him too. Try to Unless get him this both. This goes to precedent now for Sark. Sark has shown with the, you know, the hiring of Chris Jackson from the NFL to uh, coach wide receivers.
3: Brendan Marion uh, before that.
2: Brendan Marion, I mean, uh, good eye for coaching, but then development, and that's what these guys want, right? They're looking to you know going to catch balls from Quinn Ewers and or Arch Manning, and then you know you you know they've got the entire offensive line coming back outside of Christian Jones and. Um, you know this 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 offense should be pretty damn dynamic with the running backs they have. Uh, that is, we're talking about next year, which is what it's kind of the odd thing, right? You're prepping for a championship run with the semifinal, and then you know beyond that. <laughs> But you're also planning for the future right now because the portal's open and there's an early signing recruiting window opening on the 20th, which That's is true. two weeks from tomorrow. So your, your coaches are, are busy. And it does fall in line. I mean, I, we talked about this last night, uh, Mike Craven and I, from Dave Campbell's Texas Football, recorded our new nice. uh, podcast for the week. Really good stuff with Mike. And he was talking about, you know, gosh, the, who is it? It's, it's Texas Tech. Joey McGuire play They play in the Independence Bowl December 16th. They're playing in a bowl game, so they're practicing right now while yeah. the portal's open and while they're trying Ooh. to close their recruiting class. You can you yeah, imagine? Brutal, man. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's not enough time in the day. No, yeah, you really. I mean, I, I imagine it's not enough time literally in the day to do transfer, especially for a school like Tech, because they're gonna have a. Yeah, you know, everybody does, but they they got a lot of guys that are probably leaving. Yes, um, Tyler Shuck already joined right He's before the He's season. Today, today's
2: so. the fifth, so that bowl game's in two weeks. So <sighs> practice is underway. Yeah, I feel bad for him. Uh, I mean, it's, everybody's got their challenges in, in will. I, I, uh, Mike was the one that told me that when he was talking with Sonny Dykes, right, Mike wrote the cover story for Dave Campbell's Texas football on Sonny last year. Might be about Sark this year. We'll see. Uh, but uh, the, like, well, they were playing Michigan, right, getting ready for Michigan, and then Georgia in the national championship game. They were sending assistant coaches back to Fort Worth from L.A. to uh, host portal players. For this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, I mean, you're, yeah. just I mean, you're, you're like, oh but my gosh.
3: You got to know how to multitask, man. You yeah. gotta wear a lot of hats.
2: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why
4: didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette
2: Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
0: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
3: I don't, there's no downtime no. as a head coach. And you see why some coaches uh, you know, think to themselves, I'm just going to NFL. Yes, I just want to coach If I get the ball a chance. Because that, that's why I say there are two different sports. Not because of what the play on the field, because of what you have to do, your responsibilities away from foot, the football field. You got way fewer. Um, you know, basically obligations and responsibilities as a coach, and fewer hats to wear in the NFL. Now, a lot more pressure uh, in terms of winning. um, But man, the college game—you got to be a recruiter, and now you got recruiting. Transfer portal, with your own guys, re recruiting them and go talking to the, the teenagers and the 17 year olds. You got to get along with moms and dads because if your mom and dad don't like you, then it don't even matter what you do with the kid. I mean, it's just a, it's a
2: lot. Too much. It's a I lot. mean, at some point, you got to do a favor to these coaches, not just head coaches, lot, but man. the entire staff because. I mean, I know the the, the bowl game on December sixteenth. That's for TV. But at some point, good night, guys.
3: Oh, don't worry. You also got to <laughs> you also got to code all your plays into pop culture figures and and really oh, yeah, weird hand somebody, signals. Because <laughs> exactly, there. there's a lot of stallions out there. So uh, that's another little added responsibility as a coach. You don't have to worry about in the NFL. It's just I've talked to NFL coaches, and they 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 love the the prospect of coaching at the college level, but they they just dread. The, all the responsibility and obligations. Well, of I just think, so, I mean,
2: and the coaches have called for some change, like the early signing window. We understand why it was there, but does it have to be there? Can we move that back to before yeah. the year? I mean, we just can't. There's no way to do it all, do it all well, and yeah, exactly. I mean, do Joey, it all well. We got to think, Joey McGuire. Also, you know, Jeff Trailer, UTSA. They're playing a ball game on the 19th of December. Okay, so you're like. You know you're having to re-recruit your own roster while you're – they want to be in the portal. But exactly. you're trying to get ready for a bowl game. Yeah. to get ready for a bowl
3: game. And your roster it, 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 might not even look the same. Right. What does these guys decide decided? Nah, you you your first right meeting on, for
2: yeah. bowl practice for the Independence Bowl is, hey, um, you know, which one of you guys are not planning on being here? Because we need to know that We need to now. know that right now. <laughs> I need to know before I put the game plan in. Yeah. So, uh, no, yeah. Um,
3: it, like I said, it, it's a lot of challenges, man, for coach. they coach. They're paid well, though. Paid they well. are
2: paid well. They're paid well. But it's almost – it all happens in this compressed three-week period from December to – that's why coaches get fired earlier and earlier, right, because they want to be prepared and have a coach in place for this. Uh, it is it is a challenge. But, you know, for Sark and, and for the, the coaches playing and, and coaching in the Final Four – I mean, you get the best of it. It's still busy as hell, but, you know, you get this time off. Now you give your players two weeks away and while they're lifting and, and finishing up their classes and getting the academics done and then come back, gather, do a week of practice, probably give them some time off for Christmas, yep. then do the full intense game week prep for your game while you're handling all this. But, man, I, I feel for those coaches that are coaching in those early bowl games. That's, that's really brutal. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we'll get more on that coming up in uh, in Who Said That, also the uh, fabulous fifth hour. But, Rob, what do you make of the, the linebacker Shaq Leonard picking the Philadelphia Eagles? It really came down to Shaq Leonard, the linebacker, released by the Colts uh, in kind of a new, new coach thing, mm-hmm. cap casualty in Indianapolis, but still a really productive player. Apparently all the medicals checked out. Both teams did full medicals, and he's healthy. Uh, so he's a productive linebacker. Uh, you can, because it was who cleared waivers, so you could mm-hmm. sign into whatever the deal is. He had uh, dinner and lunch with uh, Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones. Yes, he did. And it came down to the Cowboys and the Eagles. And yesterday he chose the Eagles.
3: Uh, did he pick, the, was it a, do we know if it was a monetary issue or was it more of the, he believed they were more of a championship squad and he had a better chance to compete? for, you know, championships and playoffs cuz some guys, you know, they prioritize playing for a title contender, some guys prioritize hey, man, i just want to get paid. Who's going to pay me top dollar? Um, so I wonder what was his final what was the factor in his final decision? Um, which one of those? Cuz it seems like if you're picking title contender then maybe it's Philly, but if you're picking, you know, for the money, I think Jerry Jones. The Cowboys should have been more desperate to pay considering the injuries they've had at linebacker. Yeah, DeMarco. Like right? and Overshone. But maybe they figured Dan, because this is probably more of a Dan Quinn decision more than a Mike McCarthy decision, I would say. And maybe Dan Quinn um, told them, in terms of schematically, that. They play a lot of dime the Cowboys do, which is six DBs on the field, and they can because they like their DBs. Uh, They play more three safeties, and they'll move their safeties down basically in linebacker depth and have them basically playing linebacker pretty much. Uh, And that's what they did last season when they wanted to compensate for injuries at the linebacker position. You know, you can always move, you know, Michael Parsons around, and he becomes, you know, de facto defensive weapon. You can put him at linebacker as well. Um, So everybody just figured they didn't need it. Um, well, no,
2: here's what's showing mean, here. No, the answer is uh, he chose Philly because – He chose Philly. Yeah. And Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan this morning pretty much said it, said we could, e- we could very very easily see him out there against us this Sunday. Certainly on an individual basis, we wish him the best. There was never a dollar hmm. – so amount a, mentioned there was never a financial oh. issue at all that wasn't the case he wanted to go where he thought he had the best chance
3: so he wanted to, he wanted to go to title contender he said like, this team can win a super bowl
2: I want to go to them and, okay. he, and he chose the eagles so over money, the cowboys my,
3: so i thinking money wouldn't be an issue cuz the cowboys should have been desperate enough financially and not desperate but they should have been incentivized enough in prioritizing that position linebacker where they would have been willing to pay market value for him which they were so he just he wanted to, you know, it makes sense though i mean if you're choosing right now a title contender, he's he's telling you what the NFL players think. <laughs> All right? Are the Cowboys more likely to play for a Super Bowl or the Eagles? He's saying, uh, probably the Eagles.
2: Hey, they just hey, we went like to We like our guy. We like our guy. We like we like well, guys. you needed that guy, but that's a slap in the face. You can use that for motivation, but at the same time, you may see Shaq Leonard. And as I've said with the Texans, I've seen a lot of his games playing the Colts. It's he's good really player, a good player. good player. Instinctive, fast. Um, Man, the
3: Eagles have made so many moves. Uh, they got about like, going all in. I mean, they've made like three moves this season already. Yeah. <laughs> they, they could
2: use them too. They but. picked
3: up what Byard before the uh, trade deadline, the safety from Tennessee. Right? And they traded for him.
2: Uh, and then
3: now they're picking up Shaq Leonard.
2: Uh, and, by the way, Jerry Jones was asked by one of the hosts on one oh five through The Fantasy, does he, think, does he think they can beat the Niners and Eagles? He says, do I think we have a chance to beat either one of those teams? Absolutely, I do. Absolutely, we can. I think we have an outstanding chance here Sunday night against Philadelphia. I think it won't be the same game when we play either of these teams a second time. It never is. Also, this is why you love Jerry Jones. Uh, one of them asked him, do you think the college football playoff committee got it right? Wow. Because he'll
3: give you an opinion on anything.
2: Jerry said, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't and I won't touch that with yours.
3: <laughs> uh, so he, 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 he thought they got it wrong.
2: Got it wrong, but I'm not he's going there. Old school.
3: Old school. Probably won't he, like, you probably want Florida State.
2: really – I won't touch that with yours.
3: Yeah,
2: I love Jerry's little – got to love Jerry. Jerry.
3: Jerry-isms, man. They're fantastic. But that's why you, ask, you can ask Jerry anything because he'll give you an opinion about anything. Oh,
2: he's like Charles Barkley.
3: Even, he want, even, he want, he, uh, even when he decides to pass on the question like there, he'll still give you a little, little nice little nugget. <laughs> Not even I wouldn't touch that with yours. No, <laughs> that's
2: really it's good something you say at the bar with your buddies. Like I wouldn't do her with yours, you know. Go on now, what are we doing here?
3: Some people think Jerry Jones does that because he's like you know going senile and he's old and he absent-minded. I don't think so. I think because you know you've been following Jerry forever. Jerry's been doing that for the last twenty oh, years, even oh. before he got old and senile. If that's what you want to say, I think Jerry, who's a brilliant marketing mind, he knows about sports radio and he knows about the sports entertainment ecosystem really well. He knows every one of those little Jerryisms gets played around the country, like over and over again. Oh, and at 100%. times, they become part of the DNA of some shows because a lot of shows use little drops and stuff like that, like you know we used to use and stuff like that. That and he becomes almost he becomes like wallpaper on these shows <laughs> with Jerry Jones. He's almost background. He's almost, you know, decoration for these sports TV, sports radio shows.
2: Uh, he's a character. So
3: he knows, like, no, if I just keep dropping his crazy stuff, you know, it's like circumcising a mosquito and I want me some glory hole. It just
2: because. Double down on the glory hole then a couple yeah. times.
3: We, we just replay it over and over again. Everybody knows who it is. And even subconsciously, it just makes us talk cowboys or promotes the cowboys. He knows that.
2: He knows that. He's but, uh, does it promote winning? Now, I will say that ah. when I was up in Dallas last Friday oh, really? driving in to do the, the uh, pregame show, their, our Friday show over at Terry Black's Barbecue, getting ready for Texas and uh, Oak State in the championship game, I did hear Stephen Jones on the radio. Oh, yeah. He's totally different than his dad. Uh, like, Steven is. More you business. can tell. I mean, he came on at 3.01. He was off by 3.11, which there's a radio program that tells me he, he's, he, it's a 10 minute deal.
3: Yeah. He's, you got, got, me a ti- he's got a minute. timer right there. He's got a assistant saying, hey, 10 minutes.
2: And that's in the deal. Yep. Like, the, the, the host knew it. They didn't try to go to a next question. Mm-hmm. It was 3.11. And uh, he was plan. in and he was out. He is the op. Like, which you know, somewhere Steven gets frustrated with his dad. Like, dad. Come on, man! Yeah, because Dad likes to (laughs) freestyle. Yes, it's improvised. Let's draft Johnny. I'm feeling it right
3: now in my gut. It's like Dad, we did all this research. Draft board, Dad. Draft board tells us who to draft. We did months of research. What are we doing? What do you got, draft board? I feel Johnny right now. Just feel him. Yeah. So you're right, but that's how Jerry made his fortune, right? He's a good guy. He he made some great calls with his gut. I mean, oh, yeah, buying he, the Cowboys. That's how he found the glory hole. Yeah, so you can't really you, can, you can't really blame him for going with his gut. But I'm with you. I, I you think can
2: tell Stevens a lot more. Very of the, different. Uh, yeah, probably comes from the mom, right? You know, more mm-hmm. subjective and yeah. more. Hey, which you know that they, they probably work well off one another. the so right right
3: brain left brain thing. going Yes, on with yes. Yeah. Jerry's the show, but <laughs>
2: Stevens the very matter of fact guy. Because even in the ten minutes he was on, he didn't say much of it, much of anything. Yeah, I know he doesn't really. I will miss much. Jerry
3: Jones because uh, Jerry Jones will give you something. Yes, he um, will give you a roster update or something, well, you've been looking at this guy, and he's like, oh, man, that's breaking news. Did Jerry you know just break some news? Yes, he did. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with you on that. But that's what the Cowboys need. They probably need a little bit of big, uh, a mix of both, which would probably help them. they you got know, the best of both worlds. Because there are some, some organizations that operate like that. One, is, one, one um, of the, I don't know, maybe it's the GM or the head coach, one of the guys who are decision makers. One is the emotionally-based decision maker. And then one's kind of, uh, you know, a more logic, reason-based decision-maker. But sometimes the emotion-based decision-maker make, is, is a better decision. Like, they're making a, they're a, a better quality decision. It may be based on emotion, but it's still the better decision. And then the logic-reason yeah, decision you know, at paralysis times. Paralysis by help. analysis, right? Yeah, Not so, overthinking the game. Yeah, so I, just, I, I think you, you need a mix of both in a lot of great organizations. I think it helps.
2: Well, and then Will McClay has done a good job of kind of bridging the gap, I think, between the two, and mm-hmm. he's really the – pseudo-general manager there. Uh, but Jerry still carries the title. But, look, this is a really talented team. And I, I you know, I don't often feel bad for the Cowboys, but I kind of feel bad that this is their best team and Dak's playing his best football. I just don't think they're as good as the Niners. Uh, and th- what you need if you're a Cowboys fan is you, you, you're going to play the Niners at some point, uh, but you need them to take an injury or somebody. Can and this isn't even – it's not even blowing smoke. That w- w- When they have everybody, that's the best team in football, and mm-hmm. it's not close. In and, and a salary cap league – you know, Cowboys have a lot of good players. They don't have, you know, a pro bowl player everywhere Mm-mm. that's elite at what they do. That's, that's hard to have. I mean, they have some. I mean, Ceedee Lamb is playing to an elite level. He's playing a um, pro. You know, Dak's playing his best football. Durant Bland's playing his uh, best yeah. football. Micah Parsons. is a, De, Demarcus football. Lawrence. I mean, kind of yeah. quietly. He made some huge plays in that Seahawks mm-hmm. game. One of those fourth down plays that the uh, – that the uh, Seahawks, they stopped him three times, they're late, and Marcus Lawrence on each one of those flashed and made a big play to help, that, uh, help get those stops. He's still a really, really good the, player. The
3: difference between this Cowboys team and the one that faced the Eagles last time, and they, they play, actually played well against Eagles. We talked about that. They just couldn't find a way to win the game in clutch time. And I'm sure you've noticed this because you had him on your fantasy team. Tony Pollard's playing better. That was one of the keys we talked about. A little
2: you, bit better. He's not Christian McCaffrey. He's, no, no, he's problem. not <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, of course.
3: But at one point he was a liability on the field for the Cowboys.
2: He was. I mean, yeah, he, you're
3: right. he he was. And and you talked about when the Cowboys had this run of playing subpar average to below average teams. They need to make sure they work on that run game because the passing game right now is one of the best passing games in all of the NFL with Dak and the way CeeDee Lamb's playing. Hell, Jake Ferguson looks really, really good. they starting to incorporate Brandon Cooks more. But now you're starting to see just a little bit, Tony Pollard looked like his old self from last year. If Tony Pollard can actually give them a running game versus Philadelphia, Cowboys got a shot to win it. Because since week 10, Tony Pollard has forced the third most missed tackles on run plays with 18. Got 18 forced missed tackles since week 10, and he's fifth in rushing yards after contact in that same time span. And maybe it was the injury, and it just took a little while for him to get completely healthy to the point where he feels explosive well, again. He looks explosive again.
2: Yeah, he does. He's getting better. That's what I'm saying. I think the Cowboys are pretty damn good. They're one of the two, three best teams in the league right now. Uh, but when the Niners are healthy, and think about it, they went 5-0 and to start the year, and they, that included blowout wins over Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. uh, the Giants, the, the Arizona Cardinals, the Cowboys. Then they, had, then they went on a three-game losing streak, we all know. But what happened? Trent Williams was hurt, and Debo Samuel was hurt. So two of those guys were out, and they weren't the same team. They scored 19, 21, and 30, you know, 17 points and lost three games. By week, those guys get healthy. They've come out of the bye week, blowout win over Jacksonville, blowout win over Seattle, blowout win over Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. When they have everybody, I just don't think you can beat them. I really don't. I mean, I mean they're, beating, they're, they're not just beating good teams. They're blowing out good teams. Bludgeoning these teams. It, but without Trent Williams, with out Debo at the same time, they're, it's yep. different. It when is. they have the whole complement – they're untouchable in my mind,
3: but I would say I—I I can't think of the last playoffs where they did have their whole compliment. Well, that, they, that, never get, they never get—they never get right. to the
2: end of the season with the full compliment. <laughs> and I think about this, you know, they—they they play Seattle this week in Levi Stadium, then they play Arizona, then they play Baltimore on Christmas Day, Christmas night, and that could be a Super Bowl preview. It could be, and you wonder how much each team shows in that, right? I mean, they'll—they'll they'll go for it, but it man. Could be. That's going to be a head knocker. Can and I give you
3: a little stat about
2: Washington and the Rams? By the way, yeah, give you a
3: little stat about those too? because I was doing some research. Crazy, you brought up that matchup because that's a matchup I was thinking about. So I did some research. The Ravens and the Forty Nine ers only teams this season that have not had a game winning drive.
2: Oh wow! They're front runners. Oh well, yeah, they they bludgeon <laughs> you and build a bleed yeah, and make but, you chase. You
3: can get. But they're like Tyson right back. They said it was like Tyson. You can get past the first three, four rounds of Mike Tyson. You had a shot to beat him. Nobody could do that. And then Buster Douglas did it. You got to get past the initial surge where they get that big lead and they operate as a front runner. If you can do that and make them be a fourth quarter team, that has got to win in the fourth quarter. You got a shot. Against the 49 and against the Ravens.
2: We'll come back when we do. Who said that? Some fun audio from around the sports landscape, including uh, someone Rod knows very well. We'll come back. Hook them up with Ian Rodby? Ian said this week, uh, he said that the Patriot way is exhausting for these young players. And I wanted to ask you if there is indeed a Patriot way. Uh, is there still a Patriot way? And do you, do you feel like that ever is exhausting for these, these guys? Yeah, I'm not really sure what he's talking about. Um, you know, Rex has never been with the Patriots. I'm not really sure what that means either. But yeah, look, I mean, we're going to do the best we can to you know prepare the team and and compete every week, and so that's what we're going to do. Whatever that is. Oh my gosh, I love it. That's that's the goat, he's, Bill Belichick. His he's team's never, not good.
3: He's never really been a Patriots. So I don't know. I don't know what that. <laughs> I love Belichick, and you know, uh, here you know, you Patriots
2: and I are radio professionals, Rod. That's um, <laughs> great. That's an interview because, you know, that's paid for. That's a sponsorship, oh, yeah. part of the package deal, mm-hmm. like Jerry Jones and Steven Jones with the fan. And, and those dudes have to do that every week. Yes. And it was cool when they were good, and now they're 2-10. And, and it's And you've got to talk to that dude every Yeah, week. exactly.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you didn't mind when you were winning games. Yeah, it it's like everybody's listening. It's little one-word answers. Like, we just keep going out. Oh, man, you out. got, like,
2: millions yeah. lit, hanging on every word. Yep. And now it's like you got to deal with Belichick when they're 2-10. And, 10, and he's, it sounds like it's in studio. You're oh, like, uh, oh, man, yeah, hey, coach. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you got to ask questions and have him go, Yeah, we're just focused on next week. Yeah, we're and just the crazy thing about it, you
3: can get him to open up. It's just about really boring stuff. Like, we was talking about like, he was, bon talking, Jovi. About, he was talking about that history because he's a, like a war, like a military buff. So, oh, you want to yeah. get him open up about military history or something, he'll go off. But It's like, do we really want to hear him talk about military history for 10 minutes? Hey. Yep. <laughs> exactly,
2: unbelievable. Yeah, oh. their team is two and ten. They've scored one hundred and forty eight points this year, total. Man, they haven't scored one hundred and fifty points, Rod. It's a damn shame. Only yeah. the Jets are close at one hundred and seventy one. The Jets have outpointed them by thirty.
3: Bill O'Brien, I'm telling you, he just <laughs> everywhere he's going offensively, they've regressed the last few years. Remember Bama regressed when he was there.
2: And by the way, New England plays Pittsburgh this week. Real oh. quick, give me uh, we'll give me one for Rod here. Who, who said this?
4: Anybody that, that goes undefeated and doesn't get in, I empathize with our players because I personally feel like we deserve to be in. So, I mean, we've got a really good football team and we're considered number one in the country all year and then fail. So we've got a hornet's nest around here, too, of some players that are disappointed, too. So that works both ways. The good news is we got each other. To go play. And uh, I know they'll be up for us and we'll be up for them. You worry a lot more um, when you have a matchup that they might not uh, look us forward to. And I don't know who that would be because it shouldn't be that way, but it is that way. And I've learned that. I also think that uh, uh, it's 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 a time for coaches to uh, grow their team, grow their roster and grow the depth and still get to play in a game. Um, and but we're going to have kids that didn't play a lot during the year that are going to have an opportunity to, that we're getting better at the end of the year that are going to get a chance to play because of the, the, the redshirt rule and things, the postseason play. So I'm excited about those opportunities. But um, I, I know our kids are going to be up for FSU. I know FSU is going to be up for us. So we're going to rely on each other to have that, to be able to go out and uh, and play a great game. And look, nobody knows better than the four team. I, I don't know if this is correct, but I think we've been – fifth or sixth or finish fifth or sixth more than anybody. And uh, that, that's tough. It's tough. I can't imagine it being undefeated, but it's tough when you finish uh fifth or sixth, one out of it, because there's always a case uh, for, for being in it. And we've been there. Uh, I know maybe two or three times. Anybody. That, that's Kirby. Kirby talking that's with
2: Kirby. You. And, and they're on the zoom screen next to him was Mike Norvell mm-hmm. and they're both kind of crying in their beers rightfully that, uh, By the way, we'll pick this up on the other side and maybe play a couple more who says that. We've also got the uh, Charles Baker news that's now reverberating through cover.